This morning's scripture reading is from the Greek scriptures, Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25, the birth of Jesus the Messiah. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband, Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had born a son, and he named him Jesus. I've been fighting this cold all week, so I'm going to stand up here so you can hear me a little better, and I've got something to hold on to. (laughs) Sometimes... Babies give you clues about who they are going to be before they are even born. In my first pregnancy with my oldest daughter, I'd go days without feeling any movement, and then all of a sudden a slow rolling turning over in my stomach. With my second daughter, there was like a constant kickboxing class happening in my stomach. (laughs) Constant movement, constant moving out, And sure enough, I have two girls that are so different. And they both bring these beautiful energies into the world. My oldest is centered and quiet, deep waters. She sat for hours when she was little playing with her dolls. My youngest has lit up every room that she's walked into since she was born. She never sits still. She never sat to play with her toys. She, her preference was to take the flower out of the flower bin in the kitchen and move it across the room into the living room. There was always a mess wherever she had been. Jesus gave clues before he was born as well. Now we spend a lot of time at this season thinking about Mary We think about how the angel came to her, this invisible, no-name teenage girl in Nazareth, and told her the good news and the bad news. The good news, she would birth the Son of God. The bad news, the paternity was not verifiable. And Mary learned something about her son before she felt the first kick. Her son would always be disrupting what was expected. Her son would not play by first impressions or proper societal rules. 
her son would almost always come with good news and some seeming bad news. Inviting you, inviting us out of the binary dualistic thinking that are, we are stuck in so often, inviting us to see more dimensions of reality, which always requires us to give something up. This is who her son would be. And Mary accepted the invitation. She bore the shame and she embraced the honor. She left behind the innocence of her childhood and she took on the hope born of struggle. Mary responded to Jesus and defied the expectations and limitations of women in her day, which we love to celebrate at this time of year. But Mary wasn't the only one. Joseph received an angelic invitation as well. Joseph, who was planning to do what is required by the religious law and to do it ethically and gracefully and quietly. We learn in the text that Darlene read for us that Joseph is a good man. He makes good decisions. He cares about others. He follows the rules. I've been thinking about Joseph all week and thinking about how many good men there are in my life and in our world. Men who are working hard with loyalty and integrity. Men who are trying and succeeding at being good fathers and parents and sons and brothers and husbands. Men who are making the world better. And this morning, as I was choosing my stole, I happened to see this stole that my mom made for me this year, made out of my grandfather's ties. So, my grandpa Elmer was a good man, too. And with being a good man comes challenges. Sometimes men feel like they have to follow all the rules even when it shuts down their souls. Sometimes men feel as if they have to maintain an era of, an era of invulnerability, even when their hearts are breaking. Sometimes men feel as if they have to take care of everyone else and not allow others to take care of them. As a pastor, I see so many good men, although I don't have the experience of being a man. And I see that so often the societal boxes that men have fit themselves into can only take them so far around what it means to, to be fully who they are called to be in this world, just as the boxes that we have built around what it means to be a woman have limitations as well. This past year, the men's group at our church, a group full of a lot of good men, have been reading the powerful book by Richard Rohr called Falling Upward. In that book, Richard Rohr tells the story of Japanese soldiers coming back from World War II to communities who were trying to decide what to do with these men who had been fighting in this battle, this battle that had required them to sacrifice so much of their soul in order to do their duty. 
And they had the savvy to understand that many of their returning soldiers were not ready to re-enter civil or humane society. Their only identity had been to be a loyal soldier for their country, and they needed a bigger identity to allow them to fully show up in their communities and be a part of them. And so these Japanese communities created a communal ritual whereby a soldier was publicly thanked and praised effusively for his service to his country. After this was done at great length, an elder would stand and announce with authority something to this effect. The war is now over. The community needs you to let go of what has served you and served us well up to now. The community needs you to return as a man, a citizen, and something beyond a soldier. In men's work that Richard Rohr does, they call this dislarging, discharging your, royal, your loyal soldier. Discharging your loyal soldier. In the middle of the night, an angel invites Joseph to discharge his loyal soldier. Richard Rohr says, the voice of our loyal soldier gets us through the first half of life safely, teaching us to look both ways before we cross the street, to have enough impulse con control to avoid addictions and compulsive emotions, to learn the sacred no to ourselves that gives us dignity, identity, direction, significance, and boundaries. And true to form, Jesus arrives, and the arrival of Jesus invites Joseph to go deeper, to leave behind the expectations of being a good man, to risk love, to become vulnerable, to break the rules in order to be faithful. Rohr says, normally we will not discharge our loyal soldier until he shows himself to be wanting, incapable, and adequate for the real issues of life, as when we confront love, death, suffering, subtlety, sin, mystery, and so on. And this is what Joseph does. He takes Mary as his wife. He takes Jesus as his son. He continues to follow the voice in the night, even when it directs him to leave his native country in order to protect his adopted son. What is Jesus inviting you to? There are a few things that I can state theologically with absolute certainty, but this is one of them. Whenever Jesus shows up, disruption happens. Whenever Jesus shows up, we're invited to go deeper. Whenever Jesus shows up, we have to let go of something we thought we couldn't live without. Whenever Jesus shows up, our loyal soldier is discharged. This last year of my life has been one of those years. But when I think about Joseph in the middle of the night, I realize Jesus showed up. And this Christmas, I invite you to join me in responding to that invitation. Together, may we refuse a one-dimensional view of reality that distances us from others. May we ask for the story behind the dogma or the opinion. 
May we consider that we may not see the whole picture. May we risk forgiveness. May we love beyond worthiness. May we listen for the voice in the night that invites us to let go of our loyal soldier and become love. Because love can't wait. <laughs>